Alright, welcome back to another episode of Pieced Off, the Ski Racers podcast brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer, Technica, and Blizzard. I am your host, James Taco Totkus, for the second episode of the fourth season, technically speaking of the first released batch. Um, as I mentioned at the end of the previous episode, Marcus Kasten, the return of the turn himself, here to grace us with his presence, so enough of me and a little more of him. Okay, uh, we are very lucky and fortunate to have Marcus Kasten joining us today. Marcus Kasten, for those of you who don't know, is the uh, uh, architect behind the return of the turn, um, which is a great uh, video series um, that came out, what, about last year? And then if you've been to any Warren Miller films of the last five years or so, you'll, chances are you've seen Marcus plenty. But I remember, Marcus, when you were still just a postgraduate at Romark Academy, uh, trying to cut your teeth in ski racing before you became uh, one of Blizzard, Technica Blizzard's icons. That was uh, another lifetime ago, it seems like. You know, um, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, but in your skiing looked a lot of... Um, was was a, a little more was a uh, less refined version of what we see today. I think that's certainly true. Um, you know, I every year I feel like I keep getting a little bit better. I was, uh, you know, I always wonder about that when I'm coaching kids now. Like, what was I like when I was racing? You know, and I just can't even imagine. I've watched the videos. It's like pretty loose backseat sand. Well, that was a that was a thing for a while, you know. Sit back, hold on tight, and let it go. And, yeah, uh, I guess it was. I don't know. It was my thing for a while. It wasn't super fast, though. <laughs> well, it certainly has translated into some pretty good all mountain skiing, uh, from what I can tell. Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, free skiing and free is about kind of hang out there a little bit. It's you know you don't want to be perfect you know nobody wants to see that it's it's and i don't think anybody wants to ski that way really i mean i don't i don't see where the fun is in that you know you got to hang it out there a little bit if you're not hanging it out there you're not really going for it i don't think i you know i say this to the kids coaching wise you know not everything not every turn is going to be perfect not every moment is going to be perfect but it's the pursuit of that perfection in the intention of trying to be perfect, that really, and by falling short of that, that's where the true art and and the best skiing comes from. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. Uh, you know, like, it's, it, I think it's about the effort that you put into it, not exactly what you're getting out of the sport. And I think that's, you know, ski racing is so... It's so hard that way, just mentally, because it's, you know, you're constantly getting beat down, you know, there's one winner, and so there's like, there's one outcome that's acceptable, you know, and then, but chances are you're not going to win a race, you know, there's, so it's, yeah, you should focus on the input that you're putting into, you know, and the effort that you're putting into ski racing, rather than like, oh, that was a perfect run, you know, I guess when it happens, like the... Yeah, I guess you're psyched. I've never had a perfect round, but um, 
yeah, I mean, I guess it's the, you're in constant pursuit. Like, I can't even imagine, you know, Ted Liggett or Marcel Hersher. Like, oh, like, they're constantly working towards it. And I'm sure they never, they never feel like they have a perfect run either. Yeah, I mean, uh, in my opinion, and I've said this a number of times, I mean, there's only been, in my opinion, like, three perfect runs of the last, like, ten years, you know? What, what are those runs, you think? Well, I think uh, you could definitely argue that um, uh, uh, Christopherson's second run at Levy, the first year he beat, he won that. I'd also say, but I definitely, in my opinion, my favorite run of uh, of ski racing of the last, of recent years is um, definitely Ted's second run of world champs in 2015 at Beaver Creek. I mean, yeah. that, that was one of the, the most inspirational runs of skiing I've ever seen. And then, you know, uh, Didier Kush at, at the Hanenkam, I think it was the second of his third in a row where it was just absolute lights out. And you never see that, especially in speed. So who, who, who would you say are your favorite ski racers right now out there? Oh, my gosh. Well, my... For starters, I'd say my favorite guy to watch is probably Christopherson, and it's and it has a lot to do with knowing what he's looking to get out of the ski and how he's trying to um, put put energy into it. I'd really just believe and connect with uh, the, the 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 technique and how he's trying to execute it. Um, I'd say I, I I totally agree with you. I Christopherson, I was just like I can't get enough of that guy. It's so sick. Yeah, like. You know, it's exciting to watch. Like, just never, always working the ski. You know, it's it's always even on the flats. Like he's swinging his arms around, just trying to like juice every little bit out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's that's of, of the top stars. That's one of my favorite guys. I mean, you know, I've always been a big Ted fan. Uh, but what I've enjoyed watching is the extensions of what he's done for the sport, and that's that is for me right now. I love watching Tommy Ford and, and uh, Ryan Cochran Siegel. I think their skiing yeah. is really fun. I also have this kind of um, gravitation towards um, guys that are really, really good, but are you know missing a component or two from actually being that good. Like for instance, um, you know Stefano Gross of, it, of Italy. I like uh, uh, Chris uh, uh, Innerhofer. So, like those guys, like they're not perfect. But I think what I like is just how raw their imperfections are. Like, you know, going back to how the conversation started, um, you know, just just you could tell that they're trying, and not they're going to have two or three run turns a run that are going to cost them the race. But they're they're they are have. Um, uncanny ability to kind of create speed and have sections that are out, out, really outstanding to watch. And then on top of that, I've really, really enjoyed uh, being an Italian women's fan for the last, you know, four or five years. Those girls, um, just the amount of depth that team has and watching different, different, um, they have so much depth at any given day. One of them is going to be, or three of them are going to be, you know, some of the top skiers of the day. Right. And so to watch that group firing is pretty uh, exceptional to me. I really wouldn't, 
mind being around that coaching staff or at a training camp with them to understand what what about that is how you get that many people in one room to be firing is it's pretty inspiring that's kind of the that's the tricky part about ski racing and i think it's even being a it's tricky being a ski racing fan you know it's like you have these guys there's so many different approaches that you can take um you know to be fast and um you know like christopherson is one of my favorite skiers to watch but his process and how he kind of goes it alone um you know like like michaela schifrin is like not that cool i don't think you know kind of just like they're focused on themselves and that's it and i get it like it's an individual sport um and i don't know what you could you know like what are you going to say like no you have to bring the whole team up with you i mean i i'd like to see that but i don't know how you tell somebody that when it's when their process is working for them um you know, but like the Italian women or the rest of the Norwegian men, like, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see Japanese men of Um, but. Well, I mean, for some of these smaller countries, like, like for instance, like Norway appears to be a powerhouse, but their team is even smaller than the U S you know? Um, so there is, there is a lot of individual aspects to it, or you needing to be an individual to get to that, top tier level one thing that i've always respected about ted is that he's never been uh he's very in very rare instances has he ever been an individual uh or or been on his own program you know he's always been a guy that's leveraged the national team his teammates i think he likes having pace at training um and that i think that exposure is also help propel and, and strengthen guys like Tommy and RCS and you know Ted's a savant in his own right and if you're a smart enough ski racer you're gonna learn from that and kind of create your own um, your own your own self within that you know uh, we got we got there's an old saying in, in the guitar playing world is who you who you are as a guitar player is falling short of beco- trying to become Hendrix. So, so in your pursuit of trying to be the best and falling short of actually doing that, that ends up being who you defining who you are as a player, and that's where your revere comes. I mean, Eric Clapton, case in point. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's. I think. The ski racers that I really enjoy watching, you know, have some sort of personal expression in their skiing, you know, like, you know, first, I guess, was Ted, and he did, or at first there was Bodie, and he did it differently than everybody, and then comes Ted, and he, you know, he does it a little bit different, and then he started this whole, you know, then, then it was, what, Big Mark, and, and, and Hersher, and this kind of, like, new wild age of skiing, but it's all, like, a little bit different, you know, um, so you gotta take parts of what you like from somebody and kind of your own. Um, and I think that's, I mean, those are the racers that I enjoy watching more than uh, just kind of robots, you know, like Benny Reich. And, um, well, hey, I hear what you're saying, but let's let's not forget, Benny Reich did it in his own right as well. No, for sure. For sure. Um, 
it's just to me it's not that exciting to watch i mean watching a clean run is amazing but i mean that was the frustrating thing about ski racing is you'd be you know you watch somebody fully sending it hip on the ground and it looks freaking sweet and then you have some guy just come down it's like nothing really to it but it's clean and fast you know yeah uh, I mean, that's kind of the, the cool and frustrating part of ski racing, I think. Yeah, there's, um, de- there's definitely races out there. Like, I remember um, watching Val d'Isere two years ago, and I think Mathieu Favre won. And, um, you know, I remember watching a lot of that race going, I can't tell the difference between anybody on this. But then you get to a race like Adelboat and... Where, and, and and not to say discredit Val d'Isere, I think that year they also had to run it on the speed track just because of the conditions. So it took a lot of the elements out of it. So, yeah, okay, when you have an easier piece to race on, a lot of people do end up kind of looking similar. But And that's all because they're trying to – they're all skiing the same line and trying to get a lot of the, a lot out of the ski similarly in the same sections. But, you know, you get a place like Adelboat in – or cross Gagora, and all of a sudden the personality in the skiing really does come out because those runs end up becoming a lot more about survival than and and than execution in a lot of regards. But what you just said right there really just kind of brings um, segues into a lot of what I want to talk to you about, and that's per- that personal expression and how that translates from becoming a skier or ski racer into being a big mountain um all mountain skier kind of how you've evolved and kind of about like how that mindset changes and and, and one thing that we talked about before we hit record was how that changes the mindset and how that allows it to breathe yeah i mean Free skiing is just, I, I, I can't really say I, I really changed my mindset all that much. Like, when I grew up, I mean, I, I think I just had a different mindset to begin with than not every racer, but most racers. Um, you know, I, growing up, uh, snowboard, we would always, you know, race was kind of at the bottom of the bottom of the hill, and so we'd free ski and in this, you know, big bowl and still the, my favorite lines that I like to ski today at Snowbird. And we'd ski those and then go to, or hit the half pipe and then go to training, you know? And so I was always like a skier more than just a ski racer. Um, so in that way, like my mindset really hasn't changed, you know? It's, it's free skiing is about just kind of, uh, free skiing is just about doing it your own way, I guess. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and I'm certainly not. Um, you know, I constantly, I rotate hands and flying around the backseat. Um, you know, it's the, it's the fundamentals that ski racing teaches you that allow you to, you know, be a good skier, I think. And then beyond that, it's personal expression. Um, you know, and as far as, mindset goes it's you know it's not just time it's it's about how you how you look and how how you get down the hill and so um you know and, and how you feel getting down the hill um and so in that way like you go to these I, i've never done a 
big mountain competition, but you, you watch them, everybody is at the bottom of rooting for each other. And, uh, you know, even if a kid has a great run and he doesn't win, like, everybody's still super fired up for him. And so that's just a lot different than it was, in my experience, ski racing, where I don't know, and I don't know where that comes from. It's, it's just like a culture of ski racing. It's kind of like, it's kind of savage. <laughs> savage for sure uh yeah i think it's especially the younger way of thinking or the younger mind like the immature mindset would definitely kind of go well you know i think there's a, a bit more concerned about who you beat versus how you beat you yeah know? and i i completely agree i think and I mean, it's just, it starts with a culture shift, really. It's, it's uh, um, you know, how, how we define that's seriously. Um, you, you win or you, or you lose, you know, and there's one winner every day, um, you know, or you lose rather than like, oh, this person worked super hard throughout the year through dry land, through, you know, he made all the right or she made all the right um you know, decisions and, and work super hard and, and, you know, maybe the sun came out or the cloud came out that something was, you know, there's so many factors that are out of your control and, and you don't win. And then rather than being like, you know, oh, you're a loser, it's like, give the kid a pat on the back, you know? Yeah, I think as, as coaches, we recognize that. I think there, 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 there has to be some sort of awareness when you get into that fifth age group as an athlete where you you understand just how hard every day is and how much effort it does actually take to actually be a competitive person, not just to even make the flip, but just to hang in an elite level. And I think, you know, as coaches, we, we start to recognize that more. But I think from an athlete perspective, now all of a sudden, I think you're able to appreciate more as well like for instance you know my kids that i coached are 12 and 13 they unless unless you're michaela or ted or nyman they really don't know who the rest of the guys are they don't understand just how hard and how how much of a success you know being in the top 15 is so to like kind of revere tommy or rcs who have yet to win their first World Cup. They're 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 kind of going. Well, that's cool. You're on the team and you're doing well, but I don't really understand you. Right. You know, versus people that they've seen and they understand they, they see on the podium and they understand it. Like they're not staring at results week after week and looking at where people are stacking up or where the splits are. But I think hopefully, as an older athlete, you're starting to look at that so you can understand just what some of the successes are in falling short of winning. Um, but what 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 I what I what I just gathered out of the kind of the initial part of this conversation, of this second half of the conversation is, you know, getting to the bottom of a ski run, get crossing that finish line of a race, excuse me, of a race, okay, and what I'm gathering here is. You, it's not about you. You, you got to start. You got to start. It's not about where you finished. It's how you felt at the end of the run. Did you feel like you executed turns, or did you feel like you had a spark of of actually achieving what you were looking for in the feeling? 
Like the goal should be a feeling in their in their course, not a result, right? Like in the moment, were you doing yeah. everything that you wanted to get out of that run? Like what were your goals for that run? Was it? And, they, they, and those goals should be intrinsic. They should be a feeling in your skiing, not an end result. You know, I think that's a really interesting idea. I, I don't know how you... Ski racing ultimately is about time. You know, and that's kind of the hard thing. Um, you know, there's days where you're not... You're going to have to back off. Like, if you love putting the hip in and the snow is soft or whatever, it's like... You can't do that in fact, you know, so you're not going to have the feeling. Um, but, so I, I mean, I don't know how you tell it. And, and that was kind of my problem always is like, I love the feeling of like getting into a gate and just being like, okay, like <laughs> everything I learned is like out the window. I'm just going to like freaking send it here, you know? And it was like, oh, it was a to recovery and fast, but I enjoyed it until I saw my time. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, ultimately, ski racing is all about time, which is the hard part about it. Um, but, you know, more power to Bodie to not really... or shit and just, like, seek that feeling. And, um, you know, I, I don't... It'd be interesting to it'd be interesting to go back in time and see and change things and see how Bodie felt if he wasn't fast. Well, I mean, I think Bodie ultimately had a goal in mind that he had an idea of what fast was, and so he was pursuing his own idea versus what everybody else's idea was. And I think I, one thing I that you the, okay, go ahead. So I think the cool thing with Bodhi is like you could definitely tell he was working from the feet up, you know, like how it all felt on the snow to him. And then everything just kind of, you know, it, it worked up from there. Um, and so he was, you could just tell he's focused on how the energy was going from his feet into the snow, you know, rather than like how ski racing is often taught. You're working on your hands, your shoulders, your hips, you know, it's, it's from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think a lot of kids don't know that feeling that they're searching for. You know, well, the, the, with the clock on, and when when you put a clock into the picture, you you, you know you really you, you're, you're right. You really do change the game, and it's hard to trust yourself when you're getting timed. It's hard to trust new ideas. It's try. It's hard to trust different feelings when the clock's there because you want to stick to what you know and you just want to let that be, you know, how, how, I, I don't know, just the ground, the, you know, the grounding mechanism that gets you down the hill versus really exploring yourself and trusting yourself of what you've learned through free skiing or different days on the hill where, where you've maybe felt different things and kind of had new ideas. And it's hard to trust that once the clock goes on, I think one thing that is very common, and and, and you, I mean, first of all, you speak like a total snowbird kid, which I love. You know, the the, the total the total like hanging on the line and recover and keep making it happen. I mean, that's a total Bryce Astle cut from the same mold. Um, 
but you know this is where the free this is why this there's so much value in where you come from because in those in those moments of just every day trying to learn from whether you're free skiing from the top of the mountain down to the run or it's a hard surface versus soft surface you got to be learning from that day to increase this bag of tricks and increase this adaptability so that you can develop a level of trust so that when you do get into a race course on a day that doesn't feel like like maybe the day before or a day last week where you were lights out or whatever, you've got this bag of tricks where you go, okay, I know this snow is softer. I've got to stay a little bit more stacked. I do need to have my rise line needs to come out just a little bit more uh, or my angle of attack needs to come out just up a little bit. So I'm giving myself room to pressure or even ski through it with softer snow versus trying to lay a tight arc and, and on really um, firm snow. You know, you have like that. This is this is where free skiing becomes absolutely vital because that's where you develop the trust in yourself to change what you're doing so that you can have success in different uh, venues, different surfaces, different days. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> Sorry if I stole your thunder there. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. Uh, no, I mean, that's that's right. Like, you know, the, the conditions, I mean, it's an outdoor sport and it's constantly changing. And, um, you know, free skiing is just kind of, it comes a, a bunch of recoveries in a row and, and, and you learn how to, you know, deal with variable situations, whether it's like, you make a turn and there's a tree in front of you or the snow changes or whatever, like you're not in this controlled environment anymore. And, um, I mean, you'd see that a lot. Like we wouldn't train speed necessarily a ton growing up as, as at, at Snowbird, but you know, we get to a speed race and it would be socked in and dumping and, and you know, the Snowbird kids or Spock kids or whatever would all like, you know, crush it. And it's just not because they train more speed, but, because they could adapt to you know, different conditions better, I think. Um, you know, and I think that's something I would love to see more in race programs is like, even even when it doesn't snow, like go out and go free skiing. You get these kids that they're so comfortable. All they do is train gates, gates, gates. And you know what? Maybe like every day if you can improve uh, – five hundredths of a second you know like even that's unrealistic you know at, to a point like if you were constantly making that change like five hundredths you know improving five hundredths a day like that's pretty good you know mm-hmm. and rather than making these like small incremental like changes that in a, in a course and, like if you just went out and free ski and did something that you're not as comfortable with and make it, it made a huge improvement in your skiing that way. Or, or even like, just go hit a trip, you know, go hit the train park and learn how to, I don't know, do 360s or backflips or whatever. Like, and you just become more comfortable on your skis that way. You're going to make way more gains in your skiing. And I think that will, I think that I, I'm pretty sure that would directly translate into time on a course in a, in a certain situation. But I think you just said something right there. I said I think what what we the one thing I mean, as much as as critical as we're being of gate skiing, what you just said right there, what I heard was the gates focus the goals when you're free skiing. 
So if if you know that your goal is to execute in a race course, when you go free skiing, now all of a sudden it's not just going to the bottom, you know, getting from the top to the bottom with your fr- and meeting your friends in the bottom and go smiling and get on the lift. It's like when you get off that lift and you're on your way to the bottom in that moment, now all of a sudden, instead of just getting down quickly or whatever, you're all of a sudden you're like, your brain is, is, is focused on what can I do right now that'll make my gate skiing that much better and how do I have fun with that? For sure. I mean, I don't want to say you should always be focused on ski racing 100% of the time. Like, you need to go out and have fun and, and you know, forget about that every once in a while. And, but, like, yeah, you're, you're right in that, like, I, I consider myself a ski racer, you know, that's what I love to do and everything that I did, like, and even now, I'm always focused on improving my skiing, I think that's, if you love skiing, you want to get better at it, you're just kind of, you want to constantly be focused and thinking about that in a way. Let me, uh, let me shift the conversation a little bit, I know from following you on social media, I know from watching uh, Return of the Turn and a number of other um, uh, video movies that you've been in. You've been to some really different, interesting places in this country and in this world there where you ski. What are some of the places that you've that have either surprised you or that you've really enjoyed that kind of wouldn't necessarily be the norm. Like I know going to Chamonix, France to ski is going to be awesome, yeah. whether it's a pow day or not. Yeah. Uh, but like what, you know, I know you've been in Iceland, uh, you know, you, you've, you've had, you've, you've skied in Michigan. Like what are yeah. some of these, what are some of these places that have stood out for you as experience wise? You know, I don't think I've ever really been on a bad ski trip. Um, <laughs> It's it's always I mean that's kind of the cool thing about skiing is it's kind of this universal language and if you go um, the the culture is certainly different um, you know everywhere or the ski culture is a little bit different everywhere but there's kind of this underlying um, you know thing that's just the same and everybody everybody understands it and you can kind of you know just like wink and nod to somebody in Michigan and be like yep skier you know you get it we get the same thing we're um so i mean yeah you go i've been to norway like that's the most i I, that's to me is like the most amazing place in the world um you know skiing huge mountains right to the water but like that's not surprising um i don't know that sounds pretty cool (laughs) but yeah i mean it's no it's really sick but as far as like places that you maybe wouldn't think but like mount bohemia michigan well, it's super cool. Um, you know, it's, it's more than just the skiing. Like, the skiing was fun. It's maybe 800 vertical feet, tight trees. Um, you know, maybe not what... And I came from, you know, it's, it's not Snowbird. <laughs> um, but it's this really cool ski culture up there. Um, you know, and... and Buck Hill, Michigan, same thing. Like people out there love skiing, um, you know. And out, out, it's and they take it so seriously. We went out and did this uh, the ski challenge. It's the largest beer league race in the in the country, and Whoa. they have like twenty twenty five hundred participants 
every night they show up, um, you know, and at the end it's this 15 second GS, and they and it's you know minus 20 degrees and they're skiing you know 15 seconds of ice and they're up there like overlaying skis and taking it seriously, you know, and it's <laughs> it's cool, you know, it's really cool. Um, Did you say 2,500? Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure what I just said was true. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look it up here, skitalent.com. Uh, yeah, they get, uh, let's see. Uh, well, I say 1,200. But either way, it's a lot. What's the difference at that point? Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's pretty rad. Like, you know, it's freezing and these guys show up and, and they're not, you know, the thing is not a fist race, it's not USSA. It's not, you know, they're not going to make the Olympics or, or make world cup, but they're out there and they're having fun and they're taking it seriously. Um, and I think that's, that's really cool, especially coming from Utah where if, you know, you hear bluebird powder day, somebody skis, you know, main shoot at Alta and they're like, yeah, it was fine. It was a little tracked up, you know, like, like, wow, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's, know, like that's how people, you just looked at that, huh? <laughs> like, wow. You know, these people there in the East coast, you know, you drive four hours to go ski, you know, go ski in the rain all weekend. Like, and they love it. <laughs> I I, re- I, I I really appreciate what you just said right there. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's the same thing with this whole, like, binge TV culture. It's like they say, like, some of the truest happiness uh, that we experience is when we're totally engaged in our mindset is, um, you know, you're in the zone, so to speak. That Michael Jordan in the zone of, of forgetting t- time in place and all you are is present. And so that's what I think a lot of these kids need to understand about ski racing is that when you, when you engage it, when you take it seriously, when you try that hard, win or fail or win or 15th place or 42nd place, or maybe you started at bib 80 and you finished in the fifties, like that moment of being in the moment and just being completely engaged in what is going on right now, that's where that's, you got to find the love, right? That's exact. I think that's exactly the point. Like, it's it's not win or lose the race. You know, like as soon as you, if you've done everything that you can do, uh, you know, you win when you when you're in the start game. You know, before you even push out. And I think. The, you know, the culture of ski racing, and it starts with coaches, um, you know, like, there needs to be a positive shift in how we talk about success, and how we support athletes, and, you know, if they had a great training week, or, or whatever, like, they try super hard at dry land, and, and they're doing their homework, and um, they're doing everything they can to, you know, help themselves win the race, regardless whether if they actually win or not, it's the success. And there's so many lessons that ski racing teaches you. Um, you know, like being mindful. Um, you know, people take 
corporate retreats and pay thousands of dollars to go learn how to be mindful, you know? Yeah. And that's just a, and that's just a skill that that these kids are learning without knowing it. And it's it's super cool. You know, I think that's really more what it's about than winning losing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a I mean, you know, for some of the kids that I coach, it's not I mean, maybe it's not going to happen in ski racing. I'm hoping it does, but and I'm try, I'm here to try to do that. But yeah, I think ultimately if you're pursuing a passion wholeheartedly to an, a level that is so intrinsic where it burns inside, if you're following that passion or hopefully maybe what your definition of it or however you people different other people are going to perceive it. Um, I know not everybody's like going to be like me or you for that matter, but like you're going to learn more about yourself and find more joy in that, that translates over to everything else in life. And you're going to develop such a strong understanding of what this big picture is just from trying so hard at that one thing. And I thank you for um, mentioning homework in that last statement as well. (laughs) That's certainly part of it. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's never there's never not a balance, right? I mean, that's that's. Oh, but that's what it teaches you. I'm like, you're gonna. I mean, it teaches you how to when you're on the road and you have to do this paper and it sucks. Like, you just have to do it. You know, you got to put your head. It teaches you how to put your head down and just do things that you don't always like doing. You know, going doing drills in the rain or you know, it's it's character building for sure. Well, everything I know is skiing. You know, I, I, all my all the all my friends are skiers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, everywhere I go, everywhere I've been in the world has been because of skiing. You know, it's it's totally shaped my my life, hundred <clears throat> percent. Well, Marcus Caston, ski racing, shaping his life into the person he is today, and. Sending the underlying message that it's about how it feels and not where you ended up. I think so. I think you just got to go out there and have some fun and encourage encourage your buddies to do so too. You know, I think that's that's the most important thing is just go out, try your best, encourage your buddies to do their best, and it'll all work out. Marcus, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, be a part of this podcast today. Um, you know, this is something I've wanted to have you on for a long time because I know your perspective is so sharp and I think what you do for the sport is really, uh, encouraging a leader by example for sure. Thank you. And thanks for, thanks for letting me vent here. I feel good. I feel better now. Oh, good. I'm glad. I appreciate that. I'm glad. (laughs) You've been listening to Peaced Off, the Ski Racers podcast brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer, Technica, and Blizzard. That was Marcus Kasten. Hopefully, some of those thoughts came around full circle to make sense for you. Otherwise, hopefully, you just appreciated the verbal jargon. Um, next episode, we will be talking to Tyson Henry of the Sundance Ski Club. Tyson Henry has taken the Sundance Ski Club from a little bitty once was into something quite notable. <laughs> <laughs>